You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. College football fans, welcome back to the College Ball Show. He's Marshall. I'm Chris. And we're here to discuss what else? The good old NCAA football. I was going to say tournament. I don't know where I was going with that. But anyway, we're back to talk some college ball. Um, last week, although we did get some upsets, um, the Friday night in Wednesday night games, I should say, were actually really fun to watch. We had some, like I said, competitive or closer games than we thought. But, you know, it wasn't necessarily that great of week, especially if you're Tennessee. But we won't get into that right away. Um, We did end up with six. Yeah, count them. Six games postponed last week. That one was rough, dude. I remember us talking about. Florida and the Florida coach talking about how he wants the whole stadium to be jam-packed because he was mad that they lost the game and they got to make noise and all that as if that wouldn't be a normal game. But then uh, sure as shit, you know, they got to break out on the team. You can't even play your game. And then you get COVID. It's like, dude, how freaking perfect is that? I'm not trying to wish anything bad about him, but come on, dude. Like, that's just ridiculous. But anyway. Uh, the Big Ten is back. Like I said last week, Georgia-Alabama was a pretty damn good game until it wasn't. Florida State got a nice upset, although I wouldn't really put North Carolina at the top five. But they did get a nice win. Um, like I said, Tennessee is not back. Let's stop saying that. <laughs> they had a bad, bad outing. Um, and like I said, a variety of other games we'll get into. Clemson. In the first half, oh, my goodness gracious, that was crazy. Um, Our Raging Cajuns went down swinging against Coastal Carolina. We said that would be a good game. It was. Same with uh, SMU and Tulane. That was actually a pretty fun game, too. But this week, we are back to almost normal. The Pac-12 still has to come in two weeks. Two weeks come this this weekend, anyway. But week eight is jam-packed with a variety of games. NC State, North Carolina, that should be a good one, ranked versus ranked. Um, Iowa State, number 17 against number six, Oklahoma State. That's another six. Are you sure they're six? But, yeah, you know, we know the ratings are weird. Uh, Michigan, number 18 against, uh, oh, Michigan's the favorite now. They weren't before. 21, Minnesota. Uh, Have they seen the temperature um, and SMU Cincinnati for that smaller conference look, that should be a really, really fun game and a variety of other, you know, games under the radar or, or of course, the crafty, crappy pick of the week, which is what we close the, uh, the show on. But real quick, let's jump into what was the biggest game of the week. One of the bigger rating games of the regular season, that's for sure. Alabama, Georgia. Really good game. It looked like for a moment that Georgia was going to kind of pull away there. 
for for a moment. It was like, uh oh, hold on now. Let's uh, it's twenty four to seventeen now. Still twenty four to twenty, and then all hell broke loose. Uh, the quarterback there, Bennett, had a rough one. Three picks, uh, eighteen of forty for two sixty nine. And anytime you're throwing for forty, you, you want to probably get you know a little bit more than that. They ran the ball just okay. Um, you know, Jones looked really good, uh, throwing the ball deep. They have three wide receivers, not to mention a grown man in Anaji Harris, 31 carries buck 52 and a touch. Like I said, D Smith had 11 receptions, buck 67 and two touchdowns, Alabama, just out Alabama, Georgia. But for a while there, like I said, when it was 24 to 17, I was like, okay, dude, we got ourselves a ball game here. And then I, like I said, all hell broke loose. You're on mute, too, just so you know. Okay, and then after this, you want to tell people how they can listen to our podcast, too? I know you were so excited to talk Bama. <laughs> yeah, um, I, I'm, yep, I'm going to. Okay. I'm just, I'm just going to do it a little bit different. Sure. So, yes, I, I was saying roll tide. I, I, I did bet them. I bet them minus five and a half. Um, during the first half, I, I was nervous um, because all week I heard about how this Georgia quarterback ain't going to be able to walk into Tuscaloosa and get a win. And in the first half, Chris, I, he 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 walked into Tuscaloosa <laughs> and and he wasn't kicked out of town yet. But and honestly, the Alabama defense we saw in the first half was the same Alabama defense that put up uh, a, a lackluster effort against Ole Miss. And God, we'll get to Ole Miss because what a shit show that was. But Saban's halftime comments were, you know what? Because I, I think that Jamie Yerdahl asked, you know, what do you got to say about your defense? And he's like, we we have our assignments and we do the right things. We're a good defense. The guys just miss assignments. And a lot of that's coaches talk. But I, I think in all sincerity, it was really true for that game. Because in the second half, they did their assignments and George's offense was done. Like you, you, this kid went from putting up 24 on Bama in the first half relatively easily, I would say, to some awful immature picks. And, dude, they didn't they didn't score an effing point. So clearly for the halftime adjustments, massive thumbs up to Bama. Again, your defense had played like crap for your standards for the past six quarters. You come out there, pitch a shutout which Georgia fans were probably not expecting. I, I sure didn't. I, I bet Bam, I bet Georgia's second half team total because I thought it would get I thought it was gonna remain a shootout. But again, for Georgia, we we before our podcast we're talking about people being conservative. Georgia comes out in the second half, has a, a really conservative drive. They did a lot of runs, a lot of runs, a lot of runs, doesn't cash in. Then you start to lose the field position battle, and the kid makes some bad picks, which as a as a young quarterback you kind of expect. And it was just pretty much a wrap from there. And meanwhile, in the first half, and I'll throw it back to you after this, I didn't think Mac Jones looked that good for Bama. There was at yeah, least right. four to five passes where he was thrown off his back foot. And that shit, you don't that that's a high school move. Like, and again, I'll I'll tip the cap to Georgia. Georgia's defense is solid, but you're a Bama quarterback. What are you doing chucking up a bunch of throws flat-footed or off your back foot? Like, that's something you normally don't see from an elite college quarterback or a, a regular college quarterback. Like, he he was really just winging it, Chris. And, again, in the second half, they had that huge 90-yard touchdown 
uh, that kind of broke the back of Georgia, and he yeah, got the some rhythm. Kind of stumbled, right? Yeah. But it, it, I will say to wrap up this summary, it was fascinating to see a role of role reversal of quarterback skills in the first half, and then kind of a role reversal of defenses in the second half. And, and Bama made the plays; they did credit to them. They got a win they needed. Um, there's probably going to be a rematch with them again, but. I was not impressed with quarterback plays of different pieces of the games, but Alabama got the job done, which was a win they had to have for them to continue their chances to contend for a title this year. Yeah, no doubt about it. And like you said, Jones settled in, but um, and after that bomb with the little stumble, that kind of looked like a push-off until you saw the replay. Mm-hmm. Uh, that just broke open the game, but you know it was the interceptions. And also just – a couple of misses too even when they like it was just like dude where were you throwing the ball man like it, it was it was bad it's funny because that's what it, it can just mess with you when you're betting or doing predictions or whatever and i remember picking auburn on the strength of this freaking guy he comes out and has a pretty solid game now turns around in another big game and just even you know look good too that was what was crazy it's like you'd think you'd have that confidence of, you know, being up that score. And like you said, putting up 24 points at half and whatnot. It's yeah, that, that was, that was crazy. But uh, Bama put up a whole lot of offense, like 540 or something like that. And they, uh, they pretty much steamrolled after that point. And um, if this is your first time, by the way, listening to the college ball show, welcome. It streams live right here on blogtalkradio.com forward slash rope dope radio it streams live at archives however if you want to listen to the show you don't have to go to blog talk and download the show there or listen to it on the browser you can find this show under the rope dope radio podcast at apple podcast um iheart radio player fm tune in stitcher really across the board we're also part of the grueling truth sports podcast network which can be found almost everywhere including spotify while you're at it, why don't you head on over to thegruelingtruth.com. It's football, it's basketball, it's baseball, it's everything. It's boxing, it's everything in between. And one more thing, if you're thinking about cutting the cord or you have, you're not quite happy, I got something for you. It's called AT&T TV Now. It's live streaming cable. They have it the seven-day free trial. There's no annual contract to tie you down per usual. $55 a month uh, that the plans start at. You can stream it anywhere. They have the cloud DVR. And right now, just for signing up, you get a 30-day free trial of HBO Max. There's another layer, though. If you sign up for the Max package, that already includes HBO Max plus a free month of Showtime, which is normally $11 a month. That's AT&T TV Now, live streaming cable. Um, Let's kind of bounce back and forth with a couple more SEC games. We're going to get to Tennessee, uh, but Auburn and South Carolina, Auburn, you know, Auburn's had their problems. South Carolina is not a great team, but they are what you'd like to call scrappy. You know, they're not going to go down without a fight. Even if they're in the game, they're, you know, they're, they're, or they're usually in the game. Sometimes they get blown out. Sure. But, um, you know, Auburn started out pretty good. They got up, I think 10 zip or nine zip or whatever. Actually, I'm looking at it right now. And, you know, Bo Nix throws a pick that led to a touchdown, led to a touchdown. Like, it, it, it is back and forth game. 16-7 to seven they got up, 16-14 to 14 at half. 
19 to 14. You're still feeling pretty confident, but then a touchdown drive, nine plays, 75 yards, almost four minutes, gets South Carolina up 20 to 19, and they force them a three and out. They threw a pick, but then Bo Nix threw a pick. Then there was a touchdown run. Uh, like it was just, it was ugly. They just tried to get back in the game, and they never really could. Uh, they have an 11. There was 30 to 22, which was the final score, but they had an 11 play drive that they turned it over on down, so they couldn't quite get over the hump. But man, uh, 24 of 47, 272, 47 pass attempts. That seems pretty high for an Auburn quarterback. Um, they had 209 in rushing, and they only give Bigsby the ball 16 times. Um, I would have liked to seen a little bit more of that. And then on the flip side, you know, uh, they had 43 carries as a team, and Harris, their running back, had 25 carries. Now, you know, he had two touchdowns, only had 83 yards for 25 carries. That's not great. But what it does is, you know, it controls the clock. And uh, that was just enough. And Auburn loses another game. Nick's in his sophomore season uh, doesn't look like the savior for the program thus far. I know his dad coached, but uh, right now they got a little problem. Yeah, there's actually quite a few bad quarterbacks in the SEC this year. <laughs> and we'll get to them. But there, this is not the... Uh, the, the, the quarterback division uh, from, from the, the Holy Land this year. It's pretty bad. Uh, but for this game, and actually, I, it's I not watching. the defense either anymore, it seems. So, what no. the hell is it then? I, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, it, it, it's Bama and a bunch of uh, stadiums of fans that don't wear masks. <laughs> um, but I, and actually, I enjoyed this game there. And I, I was just a little excited to watch the game, Chris, more so than regular one, because Man, there's a lot of shit talking in this game. Almost every play in the second half, there were guys, John, and I get that talking crap is part of football, but there was some like bad blood almost every play. Someone was like picking, pushing, or throwing some the punches around. It felt like after every play. So there, I think there's more of rivalry there than maybe realized, or maybe it was just one of those days where both sides were kind of fired up. Um, so it was a fun game to watch. The emotion was there. It's just all the emotion in the world was with South Carolina and their home team. And Bo Nix couldn't fix any momentum to help him. Um, I believe it was Joe Horn's son who's a South Carolina cornerback, had two picks, had some big pass deflections, um, had himself a hell of a game. Uh, and again, when you're giving up a pick six and having big clutch interceptions in the second half, it's hard to win. And we're still at the point where Bo Nix is not quite the quarterback that, we think he can be like the, I remember the first game last year against Oregon, people really loved him. And last year, for the most part, the norm of him, Chris, is that he's an average quarterback and you see these Auburn rankings always stay high, but again, he's a relatively an average quarterback and even his wide receiver was, you know, getting pissed at him. And, and again, that happens during a game. I don't think that's really a huge deal for a wide receiver and a quarterback to butt heads. That's part of football and life, but um, just it, I, I don't I don't the ceiling for Auburn as long as he's our quarterback is going to remain relatively low because there's games where he's not going to win them for you. And, and you could argue that part, he's part of the reason they lost that game. Now, you could also maybe blame the Auburn defense because I don't believe South Carolina's offense is that incredible. But, yeah, it's just another game where um, they were ranked 15th, which was probably too high. 
and Bo Nix had some struggling picks, and the offense had no flow, and give credit South Carolina. That's a big win. Um, it is the first time since South Carolina has been in the SEC they've beat Auburn. So they, they snapped a 12-game conference uh, losing streak, so maybe that part of that probably was the um, the drawing back and forth. Like, you know, you've heard that quote of, you can't call it a rivalry if you never beat your opponent. And hell, I could only yeah. imagine, Chris, if you've if you've been smacked 12 times by a team over and over and over, you never beat them in conference. That'd be a little bit of a of a special moment. Again, I, I'm not saying South Carolina is going to win a title this year, but for for the sport fans, we are and, and neither of us are Gamecock fans. But if we were, you'd have to be dog tired of losing to that team over and over again. And you're like, oh, well, shit, it's bone mix. This is our chance. And they got it done. So tip the cap to them. And if you're Auburn, I know Gus Malzahn ain't going to. Uh, switches mine and Bo Nix, but again, maybe it's something to consider if you want to uh, get yeah. the higher rankings that a lot of people in your fan base in the country think they deserve. Yeah, that's a good point. I do remember paying attention to the more uh, not that long ago when the old ball coach was there, um, Steve Spurrier, and, and also the Gamecocks back in high school was a really fun hat to wear at high school and see how long it take <laughs> for them to tell you to take that fucking thing off. Um, so that was pretty fun. Uh, switching gears, but not out of the SEC yet. Kentucky beats Tennessee. Talk about quarterback. 34 <laughs> to 7. And yeah, talk about quarterback it is. Uh, they're down already 17 to zip. Get back. Okay, here we go. You know, we're, we're going to get something. Go- or wait, I'm, I'm looking at the wrong game. What the fuck am I thinking? No, but they, uh, like, dude, this was crazy because they had their chances early. Like, they had an 11-play drive. How do you have an 11-play drive and then you end up punting? But it only went 32 yards. That's why. It's hard to do. Penalties. Yeah. And then I think there were some penalties in there now that I remember. But then, you know, they fumbled uh, Kentucky. So it was like, okay, what are you going to do with it? Uh, we're going to fumble. Then, you know, defense held. This punt is still 0-0. Uh, Kentucky had a six-play drive, nine yards. Punt, no problem. Interception touchdown. Interception touchdown. Interception led to a field goal. They came back with a 14-play drive, got to 17-7, to but a touchdown, field goal, touchdown, and some turnovers on downs uh, for, for Tennessee. This one was you can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes or something else, outside germs won't stand the chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You know what this is? A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. (gasps) Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight, one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure. It's ugly, and like you said, talk about quarterbacks. 14-21, 88 yards, two picks, 
both for touchdowns. And once again, Marshall, they're running the ball. They, they got a guy, Gray, who had 24 carries for a buck 28. Just take care of the ball. Who knows what happens in the game? I, so I'm going to get to a, a, a crazy thing I've, I've never seen to my, the best of my knowledge for a game later in the show. But I'm also not sure if I've ever seen a college football game start off with your first two scores of the game or pick sixes. I don't think I've and I've watched football for you and I have probably combined watched over a thousand games if, if for our lifespan. And I don't think either of us have ever seen a, a time where you start off pick six, pick six. That's just. That shit's crazy. And they were both bad passes. It's one thing in football because there's times where a quarterback will throw a great pass. The ball bounces off the wide receiver's hands or the sure. wide receiver slipped or the wide receiver fell down. It's not or always tipped at the line or yeah. whatever. Right. Yeah. But that that was not that was not the quarterback's. Uh, uh, it, it, there was no sympathy. It was, dude, you effed up. And this is a kid who, Chris, if you rewind six court. No, shit, you rewind. Three quarters, well, four, okay, because that happened in the second quarter. If you go back a half game when they were up on Georgia at half, then you go to the second half of the Georgia game where he had, I believe, a fumble and two picks in the second half. And then he starts off the Tennessee-Kentucky game with two pick sixes. Clearly, we talked about how the ceiling for Auburn is relatively low because of Knicks. This uh, this Tennessee kid, the this you gotta. I mean, I'm not sure what you do because shit, Chris. They brought the backup in and he threw a pick too. Seeing to bring back in the scrub. <laughs> so, you know, if you're Tennessee, you're thinking, well, holy shit, we won eight games in a row. We're we're finally off the doormat of the conference and we play a couple of good teams and now we're at a situation where our quarterback plays so bad with. Uh, Gore, Gorantano that I don't know if the coach knows what to do because clearly this the backup name is Harrison Bailey he comes in and sucks it up that JT Strout the other backup threw a pick like, you gotta get Gorantano I, out of town dude. What the fuck I is, don't know no it, it's crazy dude I mean this was uh this was the worst loss in Tennessee history as a ranked team getting beat by 20 by an unranked team as a ranked team 27 points and the first win from Kentucky at Tennessee since 1984, they had had a uh, 17 game losing streak at Tennessee. And let's give one shout out. And you mentioned that the defense has not been the theme this year for the NFL or college, but I will give defensive massive props because it's college football and random shit happens all the time. Kentucky has given up nine points in the past 120 minutes. You gave up a safety to Mississippi State, which wasn't your fault. And you gave up one drive to Tennessee. So this Kentucky team, they, they had a rough game against Old Miss. They've come back now and given up seven points in two effing games. That is remarkable. I, I'm, not, I'm not a diehard Cats fan, but for college football this year in a sport where defenses are struggling, to give up seven points in such a short time is really remarkable, Chris. I was, I'm, maybe this is a team that, Again, I don't think they can win the conference, but maybe Kentucky could finish uh, with a ranking that is one of their best ever in school history because apparently their defense is pretty damn good this year. <laughs> yeah. That, um, speaking of a defense that's not pretty damn good, no, actually, I'm not trying to rip on Georgia Tech at all. But at halftime, it's 52-7. to seven. 
Uh, I, Lawrence, 22 of 27, 391, five touchdowns at the half, um, which is just nutty, dude. Unbelievable. Um, Clemson extended its regular season wing streak to 37 games. That ties for the third longest such streak in AP, AP poll history, the era, which is 1936. Um Clemson 66 point victory over Georgia Tech was the largest uh, by an ACC team in the conference. I mean, it was just a massacre. Um, just a couple other games while we're kind of breezing through this. I talked about how uh, the Reggie Robertson Jr., who's a really good uh, wide receiver for SMU, was out. And you thought, ah, I wonder if they're going to have as much firepower. And seven games. Uh, uh, plays of 30 uh, plus yards. They had four different receivers catch at least one 40 yard pass and three finished with a hundred yards. And like I said, that's without that Reggie dude. A um, couple other ones, you know, we hear obviously Sam Ellinger's put up points. If you look the most passing TDs all time among active quarterbacks, he has 84 Lawrence has 76, but uh, what is it? Buscelli from SMU He's got 75 now, so you got to put a little respect on his name. Um, and there, there was actually—I'll get to a couple other ones—but that Memphis UCF uh, quarterback stuff. I mean, both of them, both of them had um, over 450 and five touchdowns. I mean, let's see, what is that? Uh, second game in the last 20 seasons, opposing QBs had 450 and five touchdowns that Memphis USCF game. And I thought that game was done, that Memphis Central Florida game. Kudos to Memphis for coming back in that game. I thought it was done, man. It was probably like four minutes left. They're down by like two scores. Like, it's over. Yeah. I mean, with those offenses, it's it's always a, a literal track. I mean, I kicked myself because I wanted to bet the over in that game, and I, I was stupid, and I just for some reason didn't. And that would have been an easy, easy uh, that you normally don't see an over-under of 73 and feel confident in the over, but I, I, I should have, and that was dumb on my part. But um, those teams always put together pretty fun games. Obviously, Memphis normally always seems to have a couple of players who go pro every year or every other year, and then UCF has just been a, a firehouse offensively or a powerhouse offensively um, for the past handful of seasons. So um that was definitely a fun one, um, and and I'll I'll be an honest man here. Um, I'm a guy who loves to brag about Kiffin. Um, I I always have my Lane Kiffin story, and and this week it's a story, but there's not a whole lot of bragging. Um, speaking of shitty SEC quarterbacks, um, Corral for Ole Miss aside to uh, I don't know I, I believe it's called a, a golden sombrero when you strike out four times in a baseball game. I'm not sure what the terminology <laughs> is when you throw six picks in an effing football game. But it's maybe like uh, uh, I'm I'm not sure. Some Trent Dilfer stuff. I think he had seven picks in a game, if I remember correctly. God Almighty! Now I will I will say I'm going to give credit to Arkansas again that they've kind of become my um, second adopted team after Rage and Cajuns, who will always be our first. But I mean, this is a team who was garbage for three years in a row. They've now won back to back games. It's their first home win I think in like since 2016. But. Um, Barry Odom, who was a Mizzou coach, who wasn't really a good fit for a Mizzou head coach, has put together a couple of really nice game plans, Chris, defensively. You, you held Georgia in containment for the first half, and you shut down an Ole Miss offense who really had been 
dropping 40 on teams effortlessly that man, Barry Odom drew up a hell of a game plan because old Miss didn't know what to do. And these picks weren't like lucky tips. These picks were the, the Arkansas defense was in the right spot and they disguised it. And Corral was just chucking the ball up and every hand is going to the other team. It was just a masterful scheme of defense. Felipe Franks and Arkansas's offense wasn't that great. It was really a, a back and forth turnover battle, but um, a, a, a garbage ass performance. And I mean, they, I, you throw six picks in a game, clearly uh, that John Reese Plumley, who was their really fast quarterback last year, must've dug himself a hole in training camp. So I thought you'd bring someone in, but man, uh, credit to Arkansas. And if I'm Lane Kiff and I'm probably pulling out my damn hair, cause you're not used to having such a shitty performance, but um, old miss is had, had a bad game. They got a tough one coming up this weekend too, but an awful performance. Um, and speaking of awful performances, um, as you mentioned, Chris, again, uh, Clemson was maybe getting fed up of hearing about people say, uh, yeah, do you guys, you know, are you guys going to run up the score? You, you know, what, what kind of opponents do you have this year? When you drop a 77 on people, that kind of reminds people in the conference. So yeah, when we want to, we could. Now, again, I, I don't think Clemson needs to score 77 a game to prove a point. And, uh, you know, uh, but yeah, that was uh, maybe a, a weekly reminder to those in the conference that, Hey, if we want to, we can hang up 70 on almost anyone. And, and they did. So that was uh pretty entertaining, but I got to tell you my one other crazy thing. Cause I mentioned to you how I'd saw the back-to-back pick sixes. What I also saw, cause I, you mentioned SMU in the SMU game this past week. Um, of course I, I bet SMU to cover minus three and a half. They won by three. That sucks. But in that game, Chris, have you ever seen in your lifetime, a team convert a third and 39? No, and I forgot that. I totally forgot about that. Holy Glad shit! That you I'm brought that up. I'm feeling good. I mean, SMU's up three. I'm like, all right, I need I need another go ahead touchdown. And I need to get the point spread on my side. I'm like, okay, so it's literally, I think they had four penalties, and it's third and thirty nine. They're at midfield. The dude throws a freaking bomb. It's caught on the five yard line. How how in the world do 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 does does a a, a set of safeties? How do you get beat on third and 39? I, I, I literally, I was in, I was in shock. I, I, I wasn't upset because I was more so baffled as to how the hell that happens. Like the, you know, your, your defensive game plans. All right, guys, it's, it's third and 39. Let, let's, let's let them check it down. And someone on this earth will make a tackle. Maybe they'll trip over their own feet, but no dude throws a freaking rope. 45-yard bomb caught in the five, and they score. And of course, I I lose covering by half point. But holy shit, I saw back-to-back pick six start a game and a third and 30 f and nine completion. Damn, the college football got some days, Chris, because that was just I, I don't think I'll ever see a third and 39 before I die again. And I told my boys in my group chat, I said if it happens again, I'm sending all of y'all 39 bucks because I, I guess I just <laughs> I, I don't know. God Almighty, what was uh, that? Uh, it, I think it was the year that Philly had. To uh, Owens, and it was against the Packers. I think in the yeah. playoffs. What the I hell think was that, that? I think That's it was like, like third and or 24, 25. It was long. I know. I know. Especially I know it wasn't thirty nine. Right. Yeah, yeah. You're right. You're right. Hundred percent. Right, I was yeah, just I, trying to think like. Was it Freddie Mitchell? The cop? No. I think that's who it was, dude. I think that's who it was. That makes sense because that's like the only thing the guy did. Yeah, dude. I think that's what it was. <laughs> that's funny. Yeah, I was trying to think. I'm like, man, as far as converting it, I mean, I've seen some 
down in distances, you know, but I haven't seen it converted, you know. God almighty. Yeah. That's kind of crazy, dude. <laughs> um, well, and, um, speaking of, and, and speaking of bad defense, this one truly surprised me because I also bet a game last week, oh, a week ago. We, we, it was uh, Georgia Tech against Louisville. And Louisville played a great first half, but they had a couple of hiccups, and I bet them to win the second half. And Georgia Tech really just made them look like – they made Louisville look like an awful team. Georgia Tech on a rainy day embarrassed Louisville's defense. So I was yeah. expecting Notre Dame to torch them. And right. Notre Dame won 12-7. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, I, I'm okay, I, shit, I could care less about Notre Dame. I'm not a fan at all. But if they're going to have the fourth ranking in the country and you scored – 12 points against a defense who was obliterated the week before by a Georgia Tech team that got beat by 70. That might need to be either Notre Dame was sleeping for that game or Notre Dame better kind of get their stuff together because I, I, I was blown away every time I checked the score. It's like at one point Louisville was up seven to six. Yeah. Um, I, I just I I don't know. I, I'm not sure what happened there for the ACC. So Clemson dominated. Notre Dame looked like trash. And we had a a. <laughs> We had a, a to wrap up our ACC talk. We had a, a Florida State, which probably felt like a, a a win they've been waiting for for 20 years, which shows how bad they are, Chris. Um, they beat a team in Carolina who probably is well. The 20 fifth years best. is a little. They did win a national championship in 2013. Yeah. Let's not forget about that. So this is probably their best win they felt like they've had in five years as a fan base. Yeah. Um, Florida sure. State got up huge. They they held on. It wasn't pretty, but they held on. So. Um, credits of Florida State, which we normally never say on this podcast, but they, they got a W. They've been this is a, a college fan base that's always been prideful, but you've not had much to be prideful about of late. Um, they pulled off the upset against North Carolina, who again, you know, rankings are what they are this year. It's a weird year. Florida probably wasn't the fourth best team when they got beat by an AM, but hey, that that's a win for Florida State. It's something to finally get the 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 momentum going the right way. And for North Carolina you kind of came out flat too because this is a team who offensively also had been put on fireworks, but you were down 31 to seven at halftime and you weren't able to get the, 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 all the boys back together. Chris, this I didn't see this one happening. Um, Florida state's kind of no. been the, the joke of a team for such a, for a handful of years now. Um, again, neither of us are Florida state fans, but at least if you're that fan base, Hey, you beat, you beat a highly ranked team. Maybe this is something for once now where you can build off it to have some type of positive spin um, moving forward for their season. Yeah, it is a big win. Uh, first win as an unranked team versus a AP top five opponent since uh, 2007. And like you said, they put up 31 points and then just sat on it. And weren't able, I mean, talk about two drop balls in the end of that game, especially the last oh. one. Was like, he just looped. He was just like, hey, uh, it's like, what do you do? What do you drop a sub? Like, what? What are you? How are you even catching that ball like that anyway? Of course, you're not gonna catch it when you catch it. Try to catch it like that. Uh, but they did end up uh, closing it out after that. Uh, the Bama game get out got out of reach before the uh, big fight last Saturday. We, um, me and my buddy, turned it on. He's a Florida State fan. We turned it on. Watched the last like six minutes of that game. Um, so that that was a nice win. Obviously, offensive line have been a huge, huge problem. Just going back real quick, that Gabriel from uh, UCF, third player in the last 15 years to have two touchdown passes of 85 yards or more. There was a lot of long, 
long touchdowns because uh, we Jesus. just talked about that Bama one too. Um, it's crazy. And then Arkansas State, eight TD passes most in a single game in, in school history, ties the Sun Belt record for North Texas versus Navy uh, from about, what is that, November uh, 2007. Uh, so that, that one was a pretty crazy, crazy game in general. Um, so it was like an entertaining week. Uh, especially during the week, like Friday and in in, in uh, Thursday, like I said, that Georgia State, Arkansas State, the Coastal Carolina, Louisiana. I don't want to bring that up too much because our raging cage is lost. But hey, I mean, that, it was actually a little bit better week than I thought. Um, my Canes uh, got the job done, grinded it out. The Pittsburgh uh, Panthers are good at run defense, that's for sure, and we couldn't run on them. Ended up grinding out the game i thought virginia tech looked pretty good against a a decent boston college team 40 to 14 that was pretty much a surprise navy east carolina 27 23 we'll get into that in a little bit liberty beat syracuse 20 38 to 21 and the the spread on their next game is just freaking despicable dude it's really bad like i said there was six postponed games let's hope we can contain some of that. Um, any other? Oh, how's Mississippi State doing with that uh, that offense? That crazy. What is that? What, where are they at right now? I, I'm just keeping tabs. Oh, that's right. They're one and three, 28 to 14. Um, so I guess they didn't necessarily take them by storm. They uh, they brought the backup in, Rogers, um, and and you know Mond put up a, a nice game that guy's uh like we said he's had a long career um any other items you'd like to uh get you out of this week otherwise we do have a fair amount of games to break down because the big 10 is back too no let, let me just ask you a question uh, we haven't had as many questions this year let just answer what is the ceiling for your king when the weather outside is frightful the hyundai santa fe is hmm, what's the word delightful because it's got available H-Track all-wheel drive to make being out together better. Enter for your chance to win the newly redesigned Santa Fe, packed with all the jingle bells and whistles you need to go dashing through the snow together. To enter, visit Amazon.com slash Hyundai or scan the QR code on specially marked red and green Amazon boxes. No purchase necessary. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed this year we've been talking a lot about teams with potential and what their ceilings are what 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 is best case scenario for your uh canes you feel this season um well best case scenario is just win out uh the rest of the games i'd say and then try to make it look a little bit better in the first half um against clemson because uh, that we made a couple of key mistakes not that we would have won that game by any stretch of imagination that's for sure but i think that some of that is you got to be on your game early you can't make dumb penalties that would extend a drive and, and that type of thing either defense or offense um but yeah i mean if you look at it 
Virginia, OK Club, NC State, who looked pretty bad early. They've actually bounced back. I don't think they should be ranked, but we know the rankings are weird. So they got uh, NC State, then Virginia Tech, who's pretty good this year. Georgia Tech, we don't know which one's going to show up. Wake Forest, and then they close with North Carolina. So, I mean, one more loss, okay. But I think that if we're going to call it a good season, we'd have to at least either win out or or uh, like a very good season, you know, or just sure. maybe uh, lose one more. But, uh, yeah, I'd say just win out. and I, don't, I really don't know how we're going to do these the, – how the bowl season is going to work. Uh, this yeah. year, you know, it's still kind of weird, but um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they they uh, they still have a pretty damn good defense, that's for sure. And, the, and it's just nice to have a quarterback with when something's going wrong, he 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 just makes some plays with his feet in his arm, and we got a couple of deep balls. They're they're a young team, relatively speaking, overall though. And will you will you be an underdog at all for any games this year? Are you going to be the favorite for the rest of your season? Uh, that's a good question. Um, let me see what the road game was again, because that plays into it, obviously, as well. Virginia Tech, is that at home? Um, it's at Virginia Tech, so I could see, and then we'll see where North Carolina is. If they're undefeated still at that point, they got to play Clemson, though, don't they? Well, and they just lost to Florida State, so yeah. Oh, yeah, it doesn't matter. So, yeah, there we go. Uh, they actually – oh, no, they already – no, they didn't – wait, what? They don't play Clemson? I thought they played Clemson. I guess not. But, yeah. Oh, wow. So, okay. Um, probably – maybe just at Virginia Tech. All right, so, yeah, the, the, the ceiling is actually looking pretty good for your boys then. Yeah, I mean, you know, right now anyway, week six or week seven <laughs> – um, going into week eight, we'll see. But yeah, they, they look like they're, uh, like I said, it just helps to have a quarterback, especially in college football. Cause in college football, there's only a handful of guys in the NFL that can really just make that difference. I'm a top five guy and it. If things aren't going well, we'll figure it out at some point in most games. Sure. It, whereas in college, you can figure it out a whole lot. You know what I mean? And you can, you can really out kick your coverage. I guess you could say. Um, so yeah, I think, uh, I don't know. It's on the up and up. I really like the offensive coordinator. That's for sure. And we got a bunch of uh, young guys who are ready to roll because it's just a one year thing. Um, so yeah, um, week eight, we have a variety of games to speak of Oklahoma state number six in the country. Number 17, Iowa state, Michigan, Minnesota. When this was open, um, when this opened, it was, I mean, man, did they put out some kind of like, is, does like a bunch of the team have COVID? When they asked who has, you know, how many people are going to be out for COVID to PJ Fleck, he said, not 51 of them like that, like however the roster is, not that many. He didn't really talk about it. Obviously, he's not going to tell them right now, but they were a favorite, uh, like a point and a half, I thought. Um, and now they're a three and a half point underdog. Um, obviously, there's really no big home field thing um, anymore. But small conference, Cincinnati, SMU, I'd assume you want to talk about a game that'll be up and down 5-0 and against 3-0. That's a pretty interesting game. There's a variety of uh, North Carolina State, North Carolina. That'll kind of wean out uh, those two teams, I'd say, as far as uh, 
on the top 25 level. Why don't we start with, I mean, it kind of looks like this is one of the premier games. Uh, ABC made it a premier game and pushed it back. It was scheduled for Friday. Maybe that's what it is. It's like, oh, the Friday night we're going to give you. But the Saturday night, we're nah, you're going to lose. Um, they have Michigan right now a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I don't see the over-under just yet. I know Michigan is breaking in a new quarterback, and that has been a theme with them. They tried uh, Patterson. They, they've tried and tried and tried, and they just haven't found even a 85% of an Andrew Luck who he had at Stanford, as we remember. Um, so, you know, whereas – the Gophers, they lost some talent. Um, obviously, Winfield was a, a big, big, you know, secondary guy, clearly. And, um, you know, a couple other defensive players, but it's not going to really do much. Tyler Johnson, uh, they lost, but Bateman did come back. Uh, he's been back for about six weeks now, and he got, you know, like everybody else, he got cleared on that. So that's nice to have Bateman back. They got... Six guys that have all played a bunch of games over the last couple of years on offensive line. Every one of them came back this year. So, um, you know, as long as there's no big mistakes and they can somewhat get the run, usually, you know, lately, last year, you could actually, if you had a good run offense, you could run on that Michigan defense. It's usually not the case. Obviously, talent for talent, they're winning in the rankings. Um, but you know, I, I think it's going to be a damn good game. Um, well, how do you see this? Uh, I almost fed uh, this fight. How do you see this fight breaking down? But how do you see this, uh, this primetime ABC game? Cause that's what they switched it to. I, I truly think it's just whatever team makes the least amount of mistakes in the first half. Because I've been watching a lot of teams who, who start their first game of the year, and there's there's just it, there's just rustiness. There's a yeah. reason why, you know. I thought these kind of stats were misleading or dumb. People really bought into them, but it's like X team loses first week one game in the past 25 years. Well, that's because normally Bama and Texas and yeah. Auburn, Oklahoma, all these schools do is they they play a powder puff team because you need to get your feet wet. Like there, there's no shock that a lot of these teams, of course, they've not lost the game week one because they never play a team where they're not less than a 25 point favorite against. So yeah, they're not even I, in week one anyway. You know, they, it's a yeah, weird, it's in training camp. To remember how you said don't put a bet the first week or two, you know, and just feel it out. Yeah. Um, it's still, I mean, that was great advice, but it's still a fucking mess right now, in a sense, you know. But yeah. remember the 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 Big Ten. Their training camp was during school, so they didn't have two-a-days or nothing like that. They were on that 20-hour thing, so it's going to be weird this game one, dude, and that's why I'm just going off experience on our offensive line and quarterback, and that might win the game. It easily could. Again, there, there's going to be plays in the first half by both teams, which are really dumb, just because, again, you're... It's the first game of the year. Like you're gonna have mistakes. You're gonna have. You're gonna cough the ball. You're gonna do stuff you normally shouldn't do. But um, again, just what team will limit their amount of dumb mistakes? And part of that's coaching. Part of that's the kids just being rusty. Part of it's just gonna have to see what happens. So 
Um, I, I think at, from a betting perspective, this is a just this is a coin flip game, hundred percent. Either team could win this game, Chris. Now, I, I know you're a Gopher fan. I love PJ Fleck, and I, I want them to win. But I think if you're betting this game, unless you have some like deep inside knowledge of, you know, they've been looking stellar in training camp or, or what, whatever the case is, I, I think this is a sit back and watch game. Um, talent level wise, the way that Fleck's been recruited recruiting of late it's like they're these are different squads like five years ago you'd say okay you know like eh, i'm not sure the gophers are gonna have to pull off an upset but the way the gophers have played the last couple of years like they're the up it's not an upset this is two evenly skilled teams so um i would just hope for the lesser mistakes hope for having a couple more oh shit moments and see who wins um and you're right this is a primetime game this should be a great game um i would just there's so many unknowns and and again like i said earlier uh, look at betting the under the, uh, the unders. And at least from what I've seen is, you know, you're, and again, mistakes can go either way, but the sure. offenses are probably gonna be a little bit behind defense, probably gonna be a step ahead. So maybe look at betting the first half under for Minnesota, Michigan. So you're going to duck the pick. You're going to do the pick. We don't oh, duck I'll, picks here. Oh, I'll, I'll, I'll roll the boat. I'll take PJ. I just want, <laughs> I just want bet. I just want bet more than yeah, a couple bucks. I on. agree. Yeah, I agree. I wouldn't touch it. It's going to be weird, especially like, yeah, it's just, it's weird. I just, like I said, the offensive line, bringing back six dudes that have played the last three years together. And I know there's only Huge. five, but we literally have played six. And then we've had a quarterback. This is going on his third year as a starter. With, with, with a good wide receiving core as well. Right. So, so yeah, that's so, the only go, I mean, go Gophers. I, I hope they get the job done. I'm sure the, the media will be loving Michigan nonstop like they always do, but yeah. There we have it. Okay, so here's another one, ranked versus ranked. Number nine, Cincinnati, and number 16, SMU, 3-0 and against 5-0. and um, There was an Army game earlier that they looked pretty good in. I'm talking about Cincinnati. They won 24-10 to when, when Army was ranked anyway. Um, they haven't – I mean, USF is not really a, a club that you can look at like they were a couple – uh, years back when they had that decent season um, and they actually did start to mount something back then but that's no longer it's not like SMU's played a bunch of great teams but Memphis is pretty damn good and, and they won that game and and uh, Tulane um, was another one too so when you look at the matchup on this though dude like it's pretty crazy they both can run the ball uh, it's, SMU can is averaging 204 rushing but also 359 passing. It's just crazy. Now, clearly they give up a lot more points because they're up and down the field. How do you see this one break it down? This one is, uh, I think, pretty close to a pick them too. Um, it's two-and-a-half-point favorites uh, for, uh, I think it's SMU's the two-and-a-half-point favorite. But, I mean, that's pretty, that's pretty much a coin toss too. I don't know. Because I, I actually wasn't impressed with SMU's quarterback play at all. I thought, I mean, I, I know they beat Tulane, but I thought that they had they had wide receivers with a skill level above, but I didn't think that Bouchelle was good at all. And I've also never, ever, ever been impressed with the other quarterbacks. So uh, this is a game where I, I'm not quite sure what the hell to do. <laughs> I, I don't have faith in either quarterback, Chris, so... What is, what's the next step when you're calling a game when you don't believe either team's quarterback? I'm not sure what that what that step is. Um, I, ugh, God almighty. Um, shit. Uh, 
I'll lean. I'll take SMU as the home team. I just, again, I, the Ritter, the quarterback for Cincinnati, that kid has been nothing special at all for three years. I'm not sure how the hell he's remained quarterback. And maybe maybe the one game I saw Bichelle, as you mentioned, with stud wide receiver out was hurtful. Um, but I'll take SMU, even though their defense looked soft as hell, too. I'll, I'll take SMU. I, I would I would be, feel more confident than the Gophers game than this one because neither of the teams have ever impressed me much despite their rankings. So SMU, but I, I'll, I'll bet maybe $10 max. Just don't you don't think he's that good of a player or you just think he's in a system and that's why he puts up uh, numbers I, I I thought that for Bouchelle for the I just thought I think he's in a system where he's got a pretty uh, um, run and gun type of uh, coordinator like do that in that game yeah. he was chucking the ball at 50 yards and again you deserve some credit for making those passes but when your wide receivers are wide open you know I just I, it, it wasn't that impressive to me. Um, and I thought SMU as a team was pretty soft defensively, especially. And for Ritter in Cincinnati, he's he's a system quarterback to the T. And I really feel that this team is not achieving their ceiling at all. It's kind of been my theme this week with quarterbacks. But that kid has never impressed me at all. So I'm not going to bet on him to win a game on the road. Um, so, yeah. And, yeah. again, Bouchelle, may, now maybe if that star wide receiver comes back, maybe I'd have a little bit of a different uh, he's picture not of either. him. Oh, he's out again. He's out for oh, the that, season. Oh, okay. I knew because I knew they talked about him a lot. I'd miss it if it was a serious injury or not. So that's definitely a a, a, a punch to the gut. So yeah, um, I'll just I, I would I would be lenient. I would be hesitant to bet on this one. But it, you're right, match wise, it's a good game. It should be a fun one. I just don't trust either quarterback that much. I'm gonna go with Cincinnati just for some sort of form of defense in that game. Um, it's like a fifty-seven and a half. Uh, over under too so yeah it'll be just an entertaining game you're right it is kind of a, a pick em type game and that's that's what's fun maybe not to bet on but it's, it's pretty damn fun um here we go oklahoma state three and oh against number 17 you know oklahoma state was six three and one iowa state um according to espn's football power index oklahoma state the home team is favored 73.6%. They're just going to walk away with this game, although it's a three-and-a-half-point spread, which, I mean, can we really give a three, a full three points for home field now? Of course, this isn't Oklahoma, so they probably will uh, be packed. But um, I, I don't know. Should we start to get down to two or point-and-a-half or something like that? Do we really got it? I don't know if we can give a full three this season. Uh, 53.5 is the over under. It's weird because Oklahoma State can play these, or I'm sorry, Oklahoma, my fault, Iowa State can play these, you know, score fesses, but especially this year. I mean, they're winning some games uh, that are super high scoring. So going into this, I probably wouldn't have, like, even into this year, I probably wouldn't go for the over under there but i think it'll go over this is going to be a fun game and i'm actually picking iowa state as a very minor upset in my mind first of all we know oklahoma state you know shouldn't be number six uh it just is what it is um the teams that have been playing have just been moving down in the rankings but 53.5 i feel like it's going over um Oklahoma State has the defense, but 
you know, they, they held Kansas to seven points and West Virginia, who's not that good this year. And then Tulsa, who's not garbage, but they barely got by that. Uh, what do you think about this matchup? I'm, I'm going to Iowa State. It's crazy to think, Chris, that whoever wins this can control their own road to win the Big 12. Because <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're if we're talking preseason, of course it's going to be OU and uh, and Texas. But I mean, whoever wins this is sitting really pretty to have have a legit chance of winning it this year. So obviously it's a huge game, huge implications. You know Iowa State doesn't give two shits about ever going on the road. This is a yeah. team who, for the past four years since Matt Campbell's taken over, um, has always upset teams. Um, this is also a team where, if, especially for Oklahoma State, and you have any what of a memory, you were a a quarter away from going to the national title game until you walked into Ames, Iowa, and lost. With uh, was that shit? Was that Rudolph? No, not Rudolph. That was uh, maybe it was hell no. Whoever the hell they had that running quarterback for BS. I mean, you know, Iowa State's upset you before. Um, Oklahoma State, as you mentioned, Chris, hasn't looked impressive at all. I know that first game against Tulsa, the quarterback got hurt, and that hurts you. But um, I think this is also a good coin flip game. We have a lot of good coin flip games this week. But I will take Iowa State. Um, again, I just like the mentality. Um, the quarterback-wise, they have a better quarterback. Obviously, Oklahoma State is a much better running back. They have one of the best running backs in the whole country. Yeah. Uh, you know, hands down. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he's stuck. But yeah. So I, I would, I would, uh, lean Iowa state. You're getting a field goal. You know, it's going to be a close game. I'd be very surprised. This game was a blowout. Uh, I would say it doesn't seem to have blowouts, whether they win or lose. They seem to be in close games when there's something big on the line. So I'll give credit to Iowa state. I think they pulled off and that will put them in the driver's seat for the, uh, for the big 12 championship. It's crazy. That's that over. I know <laughs> in October, dude, that that really tells you about the the Big 12 this year. A couple other games that we're going to just kind of discuss or not even discuss, but say, hey, keep an eye on or, you know, is that too much of a, you know, against the spread type thing? But a lot of hardcore barn burners, uh, the Raging Cajuns bouncing back against UAB, uh, UAB, a two point favorite, something to keep an eye on Clemson. And this is what I was going to talk about here for a second. Clemson, 45 and a half, 45.5 favorites over just dreadful Syracuse. But I mean, 45 points. North Carolina's favorite, 16 points coming off a loss to NC State. Tells you what they think of NC State. Coastal Carolina coming off a big. Uh, you know, a really good uh, win there. They're going against Georgia Southern, who's kind of sneaky. Uh, Auburn, Old Miss, they both need a win. That could be a grinded-out game. Oklahoma, TCU, wouldn't doubt if that's, you know, a close game. Um, Florida State, Louisville. Louisville will watch they snatch it. They're a five-point favorite, and they've only won one game this year. They're actually not bad on offense, even though they didn't show that last week. But they got some skill players on them. Offense, Notre Dame, Pittsburgh. Can they win ten and a half? I think they will because they'll probably be like, "What the hell was that?" Penn State only six and a half point favorite over Indiana. That's kind of interesting. Baylor, Texas, just doesn't even feel like there's anything to it. One and one against two and two. That's damn near crafty, crappy pick of the week. Yeah, they, yeah. Talk about two teams who've. Underachieved. I just, 
Yeah, I got nothing. And yeah, I mean, Liberty, like I, I bet them, they, they ran the ball through Syracuse like it was a high school football game with like those size holes. So if Liberty can torch your run defense. Well, that's Hugh Freeze, baby. Isn't Hugh Freeze there in Liberty? Yeah, five, they're 5-0. and oh. He's just recouping, dude. He's recouping the image, and he'll be back at a big conference before you know it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No problem. Mm-hmm. No problem. And talking about point spreads, would you? how confident would you feel – Taking um, I was gonna say uh, Alabama or taking Tennessee plus twenty one versus Bama. (laughs) I feel pretty confident. Feel pretty confident. I think they can get that. So, question: you you had a question for me. I have a question for you. Sure. What are we gonna do with BYU? They are unbeaten. They did have a postponement game. Their whole schedule fell apart, and then they tried to put it together with whatever they could, which obviously the year of. These games get scheduled sometimes four years. Uh, Sometimes you do a deal with really high-profile teams, and you play them once, and then five years later you play them. Um, Most time it's back-to-back, home-and-home. But they just beat Houston. Um, They have, you know, they they don't have a bunch of great wins by any stretch. They are going to play Boise State. Um, they are going to play San Diego State. What do you do with this club that their 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 schedule right in front of them just fell apart? But they're unbeaten. Um, and this is a bigger picture that we talked about. Wonder if it is just kind of a you know with the Big Ten and coming back this week, but then and they only have they're going to have nine games. They're going to have eight regular season and a championship week. Everybody gets an extra game, which I think is smart. Gets them to nine. And then Pac-12 is going to have, what, six? Maybe they have a championship week. I don't know. But how do you, is this the year that they pop it to eight just for the fun of it because it's a messed up thing or, or, or what? Because, what, I mean, it's, it just, it's going to probably suck for BYU, I guess that's my point. Yeah, they might get like the UCF treatment of, hey, you had a great year. You ran the table, but we're going to put in – uh, Bam and Georgia both who beat each other once this year and tough shit. Like, I, you yeah. know, but again, from a recruiting standpoint, publicity standpoint, um, you're getting a whole lot of perks with it. Like it's, I mean, it's something to, um, enjoy as a fan base. Um, you know, maybe, I mean, maybe if everyone, if, if no team, well, okay. If no one besides Clemson goes undefeated this year, maybe it's just BYU and Clemson both undefeated. I mean, you never know. It is 2020. There, there weird shits happen this year. Um, but it's going to be really hard because, I mean, you're going to assume that even with one loss, Ohio State, people are huge on Ohio State, so they're probably going to make it. So I, I think that the odds of BYU making the Final Four is probably like 2 or 3%. But if enough crazy of losses happen this year, um, and okay, so let's say you got, you got well, let's assume it's going to be Bammer, Georgia in, yeah. and then you got Clemson in. That's two. Um, Ohio State three. I mean, the door is open there for the fourth spot. It, I mean, again, this this season, the Ohio State could easily lose a game in the Big Ten this year. Like a lot of shit could happen. So, yeah. Um, I don't think anything's impossible. And this. What about the is, eight? Do you think they should just do one year with eight, just because it's weird? Nobody has the right amount of games. People are getting screwed. Yeah, or or, or, or do six and give give the top two buys like something. Like I mean, it, sure. It, the uh, hockey playoffs were different. Baseball playoffs were different this year. NFL's ad teams like every team is being flexible. So there's no reason college football can't. So, yeah. But if you're BYU run the table, 
say a couple of prayers. Um, and I mean, it, it, crazier things have happened. So it, it, I wouldn't say it's impossible. But when you watch this team play now, again, I'm not I'm not saying they could run the table in the SEC or anything crazy, but they, they play really hard defense. Their quarterback is overachieving and they've they've beaten some solid teams. They, they've not, you know, looked super impressive. But hell, um, Houston's a, a decent squad. Like they, they've done their part. So it, it will be interesting if enough people lose to see if they could pause. Again, uh, I'm giving it three percent chance, but three percent isn't zero either, Chris. Yeah, because they're going to have lesser wins than even Central Florida that year. So, yeah, um, I, I was kind of just more that six or eight angle. Um, sure. You know, at that which point, then for I sure. think you got to put them in if they were undefeated at that point. 100%. Play, yes. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, but, you know, probably not that interesting because then the NCAA would have to make a decision. You know, they don't want to fucking do that. Oh, no. um, anything else, though, because we are, we just hit the uh, hour, two minute mark. We want to shut this puppy down. Anything else besides, of course, the crafty, crappy pick of the week? Um, I would just say if you bet Tennessee, I will I will have a drink for you, and I wish you a lot of good luck um, Saturday because you're taking a quarterback who's had, I believe, five turnovers in the last six quarters against Bama, who just is Bama. So, yeah, good luck. That's all. There we have it. All right, you want to uh, <laughs> close us out with the right. – uh, the crafty, crappy pick of the week that was came down to a tight game last week, too. So to recap last week, where'd that, where'd that beautiful hell of a game go? Uh, Navy, East Carolina, uh, 27-23, Navy with the win. Mm. I, bu- I believe, didn't, didn't, my, didn't my man pick Navy? You know, I kind of forgot now. I thought I, I could have... Mm. I can't remember now. What? Ah, oh, that sucks. Shit. Um, I think I want to say that I was picking another team that didn't have a win, but would I do that back to back weeks? I don't know if I would. God, I've, well, we we'll have to. You know what? I think. But... I, oh man, this is disappointing. Um, I think I actually. Like common sense, although there's really not a whole lot of it in this pick. Um, probably, I don't think I'd go that much of a stretch. Maybe I was just getting cocky from being three and zero, but I think I don't think I'd go that much of a stretch to go with another team this week that doesn't have a win that has to get a win. Because I did that the week before with Duke. Uh, man, maybe I did pick. I know I I know David Robinson was was mentioned, but that's about mm-hmm. it. So, God, I forgot now. We're gonna have to go check. I mean, obviously not right now, but sure, we're gonna have to go check. We're gonna have to go check. All right, so uh, we're gonna we're gonna get we're get our feet wet this week. Um, start writing this thing down too. I, we've I know, been remembering, I but sometimes you know it's hard. Yeah. Uh, so th- this this blows my mind because I'm about to, Chris, I'm about to tell you that one of the worst programs in the entire effing country who's not played a game all year is a three and a half point favorite to start the season against <laughs> a team who's one in five. So, so I'm sure my, uh, my, uh, my, my wonderful co-host is wondering who the F are we talking about? Um, this is a two thirty okay, central game. In the in the in the blessed state of Texas, where I'm from, so I'm at some home cooking here. 
Um, we got the Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders, who have made an appearance on the Crafty Crap Pick of the Week so far this year. Yep. Against the Rice Owls, who, again, remind you, are one of the worst programs in the past 10 years in the entire country. They're getting three and a half points, and they haven't played a game <laughs> this year. Holy shit. Chris, Dude, and take it away. high on them. Take it away, my friend. Take it away. This is a garbage-ass game, but someone's going to watch. Someone's going to bet it. This is it. This is – wow. This is crazy. Did someone – does, like, half the team have the virus or something for Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders? Because, no, they played last week. Oh, they played all right. They got their ass kicked. But they played. Um, Wow. This is great. This is such a weird game. The freaking, according to ESPN's Football Power Index, they have it at 90. 90.2 for Rice, who hasn't even been on the field. And, and also, they only beat them. Uh, they only beat them 31 to 28 last year. Now I don't know who's returning and if Rice Stadium is going to be jam packed in Houston there. But I mean, really? Wow. Okay. I mean, I'd love to do some stats for you, but there's just none. It, there's none to speak of. They're literally they won't they won't show the other side uh, with their because they don't have any game. Oh my god. But they won't even do the point average because there's no point average to have. Oh, that sucks. Um, so it looks like though that the visiting team has O'Hara under center and he is basically the team um, when I look at it. Of course, they have Pierce. He actually does uh, catch the ball. He has 40 receptions. What am I saying? Um, but this dude's got a – is this right? 117 carries for 407 and four touchdowns. And then he's got nine touchdowns, eight intercept. Wow, this is crazy. Man, it's – oh, wow. This is a good one, dude. Wow. Okay. Um, they beat FIU this year, two weeks ago. Rice beat them last year. Oh my God. I, I this one caught me off guard. Um, this is truly a garbage game. You know what? I don't know why I'm doing this. Even a one it. Whoa, wait a second. Their only win last year. I didn't just see that. That didn't happen. Let me go over that real quick. Tell me their only win. I think I read that. I had to have read that wrong. That would be freaking hilarious. Hold on. I'm right here. I'll be there in a second. Their only. Oh, yeah, they did win. So they were. (laughs) They were. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. They were 0 and 9 before taking on MTSU last year. And then they were on a th- – oh, that's why they're all pumped because they're three-game winning streak, dude. They beat UTEP too. So, I mean, now I'm starting to see this. Now I'm starting to see what ASPN's talking about. But you know what? Sometimes you got to take risks, and I'm going O'Hara. O'Hara and Pierce. The combo of O'Hara and Pierce is going to get it done on the road in Houston. I don't care. 90%. you got to put that thing to 100 to to dissuade me in this one. Middle Tennessee Blue Raiders for 
the W. Welcome to the season, Rice. Oh, and as we've been wrapping it up this year, I love doing comparing alumni versus alumni. Um, we have hit on some uh, alumni from Middle Tennessee, but for those who maybe missed that episode, why not touch on it again? Um, your number one alumni ranked person uh, from Middle Tennessee is Hillary Scott. Um, she is an American songwriter, and oh, she's Lady A or Lady Antebellum. Okay, so that's pretty oh, okay. good. That's a, that's a good country singer. Um, the second person mentioned in Middle Tennessee State is Kyle Holcomb, who was a Browns quarterback that was complete trash. Man, um, this is a depressing list so far, though. Uh, there's a lady who, named Amber Holt who played professional basketball for the Tulsa Shock, which are no longer in the WNBA. Uh, my girl, Aisha Clark, who I actually like from WNBA, she we mentioned her last time. Yep, um, yep. Chris Young's a country singer. James M. Buchanan. I don't think he was a president. He was a American economist. Economist. Oh, boy. Uh, yeah, this is and, a pretty bad list. Uh, Jesus. Yeah, there's not a whole lot to brag about from the good old uh, Middle Tennessee alumni. When, when they have their reunions, there's not much uh, <laughs> uh, gloating. Um, they have so, good songs, though, and they can do like a pickup game, you know. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of guys pictured in NFL jerseys. I just never have heard their names, so I'm not going <laughs> to say them because I think that's just I'm stretching. Now we now now we have the Rice alumni. Oh yeah. Who, um, we got Lance Berkman, a, a former Houston Astro from the from the uh, the trash can uh, trash can alumni. <laughs> um. Oh boy. Uh or is Sorry, that, is that a fastball that. or a curve? I, I, I'm not sure which uh, what you're saying there. <laughs> um, there, I know my boy Anthony Rendon, who helped my Nationals win a World Series last year, went rice, and that dude's a freaking stud. He'll always be one of my favorite. Oh yeah, because they time. got a they got a great baseball program. I forgot. Yeah, right. they, they do. They have another baseball player named David Ardisma, who was okay of a pitcher for I think the Braves and the Rays. Uh, Larry Izzo was the famous uh, Patriots linebacker. Um, for oh, I think yeah. a couple of, so, uh, huh? couple of, uh, couple of, uh, baseball there too. Mm-hmm. And, and Brock Holt, uh, a Red Sox, actually now a current national as well. So it's pretty much, yeah, there's not a whole lot. We have a, a, a garbage Browns back at quarterback and some baseball players we love. So this is kind of a down week for the alumni, but it's kind of fitting Chris. Cause that game you just broke down is one of the worst games we've ever discussed in our in our seven years of doing this and 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 again rice is favored and they've yeah. not played a, a snap this year that and I, if you tell man. espn espn you might as well not even watch the game according to them it, it is streaming on espn3 so if you are interested to 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 tune in yeah um you know, it's it's there available for you, but I think there might be better options at 230. I, I some Big Ten game must be on, and uh, SEC football will be being played. But if you're a diehard and you want to, uh, you know, well, I mean, if you want to make money, yeah, if you want to make you know, money, yeah, if you exactly. want to talk about money, that's different, you know. Yeah, every, everyone's got to pay their Navy. bills. Calling Navy, did I pick Navy? I don't think I went back to back, did I? I? I wouldn't have been that dumb. Well, I went out. So nonetheless, the boys have a winning record. We're, we're up. We're, we're, we're cashing tickets. So uh, Chris has take the Middle Tennessee State Blue Raiders because they've played six games here and Rice has played zero. So I like that advantage, too. <laughs> and, until then, uh, mask up, go and vote. Be safe. The boys are out tonight. Peace.
You can't control what's outside your home, but you can control what comes in. Because Clorox disinfecting wipes kill 99.9% of viruses and bacteria, including COVID-19 virus, when used as directed on hard, non-porous surfaces. So whether it's from dirty doorknobs, dirty shoes, or something else, outside germs won't stand a chance. When it counts, trust Clorox. Kill Pseudomonas, Salmonella, and Influenza virus type A2. Kill SARS-CoV-2 on hard, non-porous surfaces. Use as directed. You know what this is? A commercial? Right, and you know what that means. <gasps> Time for a snack? Wrong. I want you to do some heart-healthy exercise. Yes, you! Try some seated leg extensions right now. Just lift each leg up and extend it straight one at a time, six to eight times. I can do that. Yes, you can. Remember, every commercial is a chance to sneak in heart-healthy activity. Visit findexerciseanywhere.com and speak with your doctor to learn more about the risks of heart failure. 